0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Two of the biggest issues facing Canada are housing and climate. The two topics are often discussed separately, but Are they actually two sides of the same coin? This is a question that journalist Arno Kopecki has been considering, and Arno is here to share some of those thoughts with you. Hey, good morning, Arno. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Arno, I'm great. I've oftentimes described this as a little bit of a false binary, the issue of housing versus climate. Where do you land on that binary? It has been driving me crazy, Dave. Uh, You hear
0: top like top line headline people screaming about the housing crisis but never do they mention climate in that category and then you hear people screaming about climate change but they never mention housing and i'm like these are the same thing um
1: so that's how i feel
0: and i think it represents a huge opportunity for society and politicians if they can see it and grasp it
1: and right in the middle of that there's also just economy right economic downturn recession cost of living sustainability inflation. and affordable housing yeah. are like it's, part are all part of that coin too it's all here dave we've got the solution to society in our hands right now <laughs> okay yeah, <I'm> I, <laughs> okay i accept your broad thesis here no need to get me on board <laughs> anymore but what what are some of the solutions that could be forward uh, could be put forward that apply to both those files the housing file and the climate yeah. file
0: Sure. So it's, it's, you know, I'm obviously being a bit facetious. These are big ideas, which are famously easy to discuss over coffee and very (laughs) difficult to implement, but uh, you know, so, In a nutshell, first of all, just to give viewers an idea, 40% or so of emissions, of of global emissions and Canada's emissions, come from building and houses. Both the process of construction, which involves a ton of energy, and and then also once the buildings are built, the homes and the skyscrapers and everything in between, they're just emitting, you know, we're using gas to heat these homes, electricity to run the lights, um, you name it, you know, our hot water. Uh, It is a huge source of emissions. And now we have this crisis where we have to build about five, six million homes, almost six million homes in the next decade, before the next decade, just to keep up with demand right now, because as you don't need me to tell you, uh, not just homelessness, but also cost of housing, everything is just, it's insane right now. So if we can build these homes that we need, both affordably, but also in a way that is actually good for the environment instead of bad for the environment, uh, there is a huge opportunity to tackle two birds with one stone. Now, Ontario just did a very high-profile high, uh, high profile, uh, exercise in how not to do it, which is to sprawl into the wetlands and the greenlands that act as as, as sinks for carbon and also our floodplains, so building houses where they are very vulnerable the entire goal here is to build houses where they will not burn down or wash away in a flood or become hot heat traps when the next heat dome hits. You want to build them. Uh, you want to infill cities, so densify, basically, and also you want to use materials that are, uh, you know, climate friendly, so not just clear-cutting a whole bunch of forest to, to build the next uh, six million homes, and you want to, you know, s- solar panels Energy efficiency, you can build houses in a way that they actually feed energy back into the grid instead of sucking energy out of it. So I think that the the climate and environmental principles, you want them to be both resilient. So they can take a heat wave, they can, they won't be in the line of the next forest fire on the edge of the city. But also you want them to be not contributing more to the housing, you know, that you don't want, let's take that number down at 40% greenhouse gas contributor. We could bring that down to, you know, five, 10%, whatever, carbon neutral.
1: Yeah, people so oftentimes look at densification as, oh, well, that's the Toronto and Vancouver model for the last 30 years of building one-bedroom condos. No, 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 no. You can do no. density in ways that are actually effective and livable as well. Totally, totally, yeah. There,
0: I mean, uh, look, no, look. Go, anybody who's been traveling a little bit outside of Canada and North America, uh, Europe, cities like you know Amsterdam and Paris, you name it, uh, even Mexico City, there's a lot of cities around the world that have done this they've got beautiful row housing uh this is a matter of urban zoning really like allowing for density and also sort of building building something that you're going to tear down i was speaking to a builder uh in victoria bc who was saying you know 80 of the homes that he demolishes are perfectly fine uh but they're just being you know torn down and rebuilt in the same way because somebody has a different vision um Mm. that's what kind of needs to change and that's what requires real political vision to be able to zone and build uh in ways that will you know these buildings will last for a hundred years i mean that sounds crazy (laughs) but it's
1: actually doable arno you said the magic word there you said politics uh these (laughs) are topics that politicians like to talk about but where's the political opportunity here well
0: i think this is very you know it I actually don't think it's pie in the sky to call this a bipartisan issue. First of all, mm. nobody has to mention the word oil and gas. We don't have to fight the oil sands. We don't have to go after the production. This is about housing and density and cutting through red tape, things that conservatives love, for example. And- you don't hear me say a lot of good things about Pierre Polyev on this show, but I will say that his housing plan is super aggressive, and he is really t- tackling NIMBYism. Not in my backyard. So he's saying you cities who 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 refuse, you know, city councils, because this is really comes down to municipal zoning a lot of times and and urban jurisdictions. So Pierre Polyev has said any city that tries to like refuse to allow uh single family homes becoming duplexes and and quad and and you know it, increasing density he's going to attack that uh in ways that i might not necessarily agree with but the idea is good and he's really mm-hmm. promoting transit to these houses cuz you can't ask people to live uh in car free ways and then not provide them transit and alternatives like that so you know the conservatives are already part of the way there they want to densify and increase transit to to these yeah. places a huge part of the solution. The final piece of the puzzle that Conservatives maybe are not all the way there is building these homes in in green manner. I think the risk is that you just slap up a bunch of cheap wooden houses uh, sure, densely, and townhouses but then they have to, you know, then they kind of fall apart in 20, 30 years and then you have to do this all over again. So the idea is to seize this moment uh, and build these homes densely but also uh, sustainably so that they can be you know, housing generations of of Canadians.
1: Yeah, it's a quantitative problem. But if you don't address it qualitatively as well, if you don't build houses that are meant to last or that are so obviously cheaply constructed, people aren't going to want to live in them. So yeah, you have to be mindful of that as well. Arno, I think about the city where I grew up, which is Montreal, Quebec. You go through all these neighborhoods around the downtown core that have beautiful triplexes and quadplexes and row houses that are not aesthetically unpleasing. In fact, they're quite aesthetically beautiful, but they're also 800, 900, 1000, 1200 square feet, like, like we can do we can walk and chew gum at the same time here. Yes, totally. Totally. I I
0: think it's slightly a new uh, sort of a a
1: new way of thinking
0: for a lot of Canadians. You know, I I grew up in a house with a yard and a a backyard. and, And it was awesome, you know, and I think that has been the dream for a lot of people. But I think if you spend time, you know, now I live in a townhouse, I don't have a yard, but I can walk. And I'm at a coffee shop in two minutes, and my you know, I'm at a fruit, you know, I can buy fruit and, and groceries a three-minute walk away, and there's you know, there's pubs, and it's just this vibrant cityscape. And and people, I think that's a really appealing way to live once once you actually experience it, rather than you know, uh these sprawled, you know, these huge, you know, when you live a half an hour drive from the closest school or or grocery store, uh, but you have this big home. Um, I, I think you're making a trade-off there that people uh don't quite appreciate it. And, and you have to sort of go and li- see other models of, of, of ways of living that to, to really yeah. appreciate how good it can be to
1: live in more dense areas. And Arnold, you also described the notion of maybe be a little bit more like Phoenix, Arizona and have everybody put solar panels on their roofs, right? Like like anytime yeah. there's a new build going on or there's a new row house being built, we're not saying it's going to singular, like singularly create the energy efficiency or the energy production you need, but it's going to offset some of the needs. Totally. These are incremental things and there's no one silver bullet. And I'm not saying
0: like solar panels on every roof is going to be the, 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 but there's heat pumps, there's solar panels, there's, there's, you know, great insulation. There's so many things you can do to lower the impact of, of housing. Now I will say that the thing that makes, the, the, the gear and the wrenches or the stick and the gears or whatever the metaphor here is, um, is cost. It is generally going to be a bit more of an upfront cost to build these homes. Not as much as one might think, especially if you can get this stuff done at scale and, you know, prefab, mm-hmm. you know, modular housing. Uh, but that is always the trade-off with environmental solutions, I think. And that is the, the, the big challenge is, you know, nobody wants to put that invest and right. Understandably, you know, nobody has the money often to invest in these long-term solutions. And so things get built cheaply uh, in the short term. But then, like I said, 20 years later, you got to do it all over again. So I think that is the real challenge to this political opportunity is how can we create these funding models and subsidize this in a way that it, it that it can actually get done. And and that's, you know, that is my my hope and, and dream that, that that this could people can find those models because they're they're out there. It is doable, but it really is going to take some creative and aggressive leadership.
1: Arno, time is not our friend this morning. I know you wanted to give some love to Housing Task Force. What do you say oh, yeah, we actually right. what do you say we actually make this a part two? When you come back in 4 weeks, let's continue this conversation cuz I have more to say and I kind of feel like you have more to say on this one as well. I'm s- great. I'm super into that. You just did my homework for me, man. <laughs> that's fantastic, Arno. Thank you for this. Okay, thanks, Dave. Ah, That's Arno Kopecki, a journalist based out in Vancouver, British Columbia, coming up after the break. Billboard has released their list of the best 500 pop songs of all time. Megan Gilmore is going to weigh in with her thoughts. I've got thoughts, too. I shared this news story last Friday. Didn't get all my swipes in, so I got work to do here as well. And... I saw the Taylor Swift Eras Tour uh, cinematic experience last week, so Megan gets to ask me anything she wants in regard to my thoughts on the Taylor Swift movie. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part.